That does not look pleasant. <laughs> Why is that there? <laughs> yeah, was it? Is that track to Graham? Like, is there any like occult knowledge of like that's how you stop something? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey, everybody out there on the interwebs. Sounds like we're all here and ready for a party. I think so. Excellent. Balloons and all, here we go, complete with NPCs, trying to kill you again. Hopefully the GM rules better than he did last week. Good evening, Rifters, and welcome back to Season 1 of the Role-Playing Rats livestream and podcast. We're diving into our sixth episode here, but you can get caught up on all the major podcast platforms or at roleplayingrats.com. And don't forget that we're on Twitter with at roleplayingrats, that's R-O-L-E, playing rats as our handle. Join the conversation and tell us how we're doing. We Rats currently have episodes up for Call of Cthulhu and Savage Rifts with more to come, but the game tonight is a return to the tabletop RPG world of Rifts and the rule set of Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Returning this session, we have our usual suspects, Icy Macaw, Kentaro, and Revolver Octorok. And to recap on last week's shenanigans, Tyler did some fast talking, the group met a suspiciously jovial innkeeper, and they were asked to a secret meeting where they were given a poorly branded calling card, as so noted by Graham, stickler for details that he is. As they made their return trip to their lodging, a wrong turn led them into the teeth of some wannabes that had a note on them saying, kill three newcomers and bring proof to the bar. It's after this brief back alley brawl that we join the role-playing rats as they work their way through the streets of Shieldstar, the town at the heart of the Barony of Pride's shield. Gentlemen, here we are in the early afternoon of, no, excuse me, in the late morning of our second day in Shieldstar. You have just cleared the alley, you've gathered up some loot, and you're working your way back to Maggie's after your clandestine meeting with our man in the white suit. Is there any direction in particular that you were trying to head? I recall trying to get back to Maggie's but I didn't remember what our end goal was here. Were we just trying to regroup and gather notes? What's our what's our party's next step? Uh, I think that's still sort of open for debate. I think we were more or less intending to to head back to Maggie's. Um, there were uh, there's there's a couple questions left here. Uh, that meeting with the mayor was a very odd one to say the least. Yes, we were we were also on our way to. See if we could figure out the private eye or the P with the eye card. We were kind of going there as we had that that lead as well. So why don't we have a have a brief discussion about you know Graham's concerns, some open ends here, some some interesting hooks, and maybe we're on the way to that PI card, and we can just have this conversation as the characters move through town. Uh, we can... To start with, though, what are we going to do with the fact that we caused another ruckus in an alleyway and we have we have some bodies lying around? In broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Finished the ruckus. We, we got a, a note. Note says, basically confirms that these are terrible people. Uh, no, but uh, you have the note now. And as you say that, you're about two blocks away and you hear you hear a treaded vehicle which you can only assume to be that uh you know pick up flatbed treaded vehicle that accosted you rolling towards the site of the gunshots we should probably go away from this area we we assume it's what vehicle that accosted us 
when you had finished rescuing the mayor and were dealing with the street corner uh, rabble rouser, there was a, a flatbed treaded truck that came to you know brought in the mercenary oh, group. Right. So this is this is the fuzz, is what you're saying. Yeah, you can you can hear that coming. It's coming from a different direction than where you are now, but you're only about one or two blocks away, and you know that guard Lyle was quite enthusiastic. Uh, we could we could always talk to Lyle. I mean, he's gonna find us anyways. <laughs> that's, that's not a, that doesn't have to happen. Do you do you don't remember we got we got magic? Yeah, I mean we didn't cause this. They started it. I mean we don't have to talk to them. True. I d- I don't like we were attacked, so I don't think it's going to hurt us at all. Um, plus, maybe they have some information on something going on. I guess that presents the question: Do we want to talk to them? And did did he specify? I mean, I I think in generally it's wiser to avoid uh, encounters with the law. Uh, I just don't, you know, if we want to speak to him, we can find him without associating ourselves with this violent uh, confrontation. Do I do I think anybody has noticed us in this alleyway or or would be able to speak to who was here if we decide to disappear? No, you're you're in you know, you're like a block away right now. And that particular alleyway was to your mind completely deserted. You okay. there was no uproar, no outcry. You know, it was all you were using laser weapons. There was nothing particularly loud or shocking about it. Just a few shouted quips back and forth. OK. Well, with that, I, I'm I'm good with talking to the fuzz, as you call it, uh, if we need to. But I'm I, I suppose like that we haven't done anything wrong. So there's no point in necessarily having to talk to them. So what do you two think? General. Uh, the general knowledge uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Slash, but I believe the general knowledge suggests that don't ever talk to cops unless you have to. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page there i don't talk to them unless they're talking to me about something fair enough fair enough so i guess we should vamoose then let's okay yeah the less attention we draw the better fair enough all right so let's uh let's take off the way opposite uh from where that truck's coming from and uh get the heck out of here okay fantastic so the group (laughs) heads off is our next stop i guess i need to know where our next stop is for the party am i taking you to um you know, the next segment and scene here, are we going back to Maggie's? Are we going to check out the business card? Are we going to divert completely and ruin the GM's plans? Like what's our, what's our move? I think it's, um, I think it's business card. I think it's a private eye or PI, whatever. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So if you recall the car, uh, the card mentioned East and you're weren't sure if that was a street or district. So are you going to ask for directions or try to just hunt your way through the town until you see maybe a landmark that matches the card? Uh, I'll I'll ask for I won't tell people where we're going, but I'll I'll stop, you know, someone who looks like they might know where stuff is. Probably someone maybe a little more official type of look to them as much as I can tell. OK, sure, sure. You do notice that sort of along the main thoroughfares, there is a patrol that's a pair of the, you assume mercenaries, but the the guard, the city guard will begin to call Mm -hmm. them. Uh, There is a pair there and you are able to, you know, get their attention, hail them over. You're not in good boy power armor, which really, really helps you feel with your fitting in of the crowd. And you are able Mm -hmm. to ask them for some direction. Oh yeah, the east is an actual district here. You got to move up to the north. 
and then the numbers give you the number of street in that district and then the building on that district first number second number so you know head on over that always he points off to these and you should be all right it's pretty clear awesome well thank you and uh start heading that way cool 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 so you move your way through it takes a little bit but you start to get a hang of the layout of things when you get to the street numbers and so we move to the eastern side of the street and uh Graham, you do recall the mercenary that you questioned when you were trying to bury that poor passerby, saying that there was a morgue pit on the eastern side of the city or of the town. And so you you wonder to yourself a little bit, you know, what what else is over here and why this office is over here. And indeed, as you move to this eastern quadrant, this region of the town, you do start to pick up a smell, all three of you. And as your group turns down the street that you think is the right street, Graham, you immediately know which building it is you're going to. Not only is the number three on the card, and there's uh, you know, there's more than three buildings down the side of the street, you can count as an academic, but there's no ley line or anything like that, but there is energy emanating from that building. Three up on the right, that that building just there. It's just an aura, but it's the energy's kind of muddled. Something maybe you haven't felt before. You can um you could roll me a smarts or an occult or academics to see if you can kind of focus on it and put a finger on what gives you a feeling of unease. Okay. Um what is there a particular value in one over the other? Because these are these are different die for me. They are different die. No, like those are your options. I pulled those off your sheets. So if you want to, you know, if you feel from the narrative one skill fits better, or you can just roll whatever your highest die is. I think that might be smarts for you, just a general. Because you're academic and a magic user, I feel like there's a, a general knowledge that can come from your smarts that fits this this particular narrative. Uh, we'll give that a uh, we'll give that a whirl. Good thing you've got that wild die. Okay, so with your five, you beat that four base success. So it it feels like it's just it's something that feels like it's tampered with, like. You know what your car is supposed to sound like and feel like when you turn it on to idle, but maybe it's it's idling just a little bit fast or maybe it sounds a little throaty and you could write it off to it just being maybe a little colder this morning or something and you can almost brush it off, but not quite. It it feels like that. There's a, a push and a pull and that's all it is. There's energy pushing one way and it's met by another energy that's pushing another way and the opposed forces create an aura together that you you probably wouldn't have noticed either of them on their own. Um, I definitely um, turn to uh, Tyler and Slash and say, uh, well, that's the building, and I point it out, um, and I can, it's got some, uh, there's some mystical things going on over here, but uh, I can't tell you more than that yet. Uh, so it sounds like it's uh, probably a good idea to go in there, irregardless of if it was the house or not, so let's uh, is, go in and what see that, what's going on. What does that mean, irregardless? What do you mean, well, if, Regardless? If it's got uh, some mystical type of stuff on it that's causing you some concern, probably a good idea to investigate. No, right. I was more making an academic point there about uh, your language usage. But, you know, uh, all things in due time, Tyler. I suppose less than time will be later. So as you move close to the building, uh, Graham, you recognize that you don't feel any magics being like actively flung around. It's you know, as you get closer, you can get a little bit better of a bead on the situation. And it definitely just feels like energy emanations. And you're not quite sure if this is a passive or racial or or what. You don't know what it's stemming from. 
So, uh, how are we going to approach the building? As you see, it's this is an older building in the lineup of structures here. Maybe something that was grandfathered in with the construction. And it's definitely seen better days. Several of the windows are broken. It looks very, very dark inside. And the front door to the building is actually standing partially ajar. Sting, how, does, how do we feel about, uh, you know, open doorways? Uh, typically, they mean that there might be fun inside. So let's... Does it look like the building's completely run down? Does it look like it's been lived in? Does it look like it's just been completely abandoned? Like, what are we getting a vibe-wise from it? It doesn't give you a cold feeling of abandonment or like a ghost town. Um, it just looks like the door was left hanging open. You know, the doorknob isn't shattered off. The The frame isn't splintered. It just looks like it was carelessly left open. Um, there's no blast marks or scorch marks. The building is just old, run down, definitely seen better days. The windows that are broken are dusty. You know, that's, that's all it really is. It just looks old and tired. Okay. I start walking in. Fantastic. So you step inside and you see a notice roll, if that's what we have in this uh, in this game here. Let me open up your character sheet. Yeah, notice. That's definitely a skill. Here we go. Okay. And you see a broken directory on the wall just inside the door to the left there. And you I'm gonna see... Spend a, I'm going to spend a Benny on, Benny on that one. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You afraid you might die? No, I just, I've got bennies, I've never spent them all, so I'm going to spend some. Let's do it. A four, okay. success. Yeah, basic success, we will take that. So, you notice the uh, the broken down directory, and the only name on that directory that isn't broken off, scratched off, or crossed out is Heckin and Associates. And it says, third on the right is all that says. And you turn yourself around. Uh, the other two are following you in. And you do indeed see what you assume to be. You know, I mean, it, it is the third door on the right. But eh, the door has definitely seen better days. There was where there usually is glass sort of high in the center of the door. It now has a few slats of wood nailed into the frame. And as you step further into this building, you feel a, a pulling sensation of shadow. And it's it's like it's you're not sure if the building got colder. You're not sure if it's just because it's dark and there's no wind in here. Maybe it's mildew. You know, that sort of shiver that you get when you get a lung full of mold, mold spores. But um, it's, it's kind of the this atmosphere is just it's very different from being out in the street in the north of New Mexico, you know, on a sunny midsummer day. Hmm. <laughs> so carry on for now. Yeah, I'll keep my, my eyes peeled for anything that seems odd. This is kind of raising the hair in the back of my neck, uh, feeling weird. So, but I'll keep, I'll keep moving into the building. Sure. Uh, so when you get up to that office door, how are you, you going to just push it open? You're going to knock? What's your, what's your move here? I'll knock. Okay. All right. As you move up to the door and you knock on it, uh, you're, you smell a couple things that are off. Um, you think that the most overpowering one that you're familiar with is alcohol but as soon as you knock the door clicks and pushes ajar and you're not aware of hearing any footsteps or anything of that nature but it, it clicked and and you know swings open an inch and as you push the door open you're hit by an overpowering smell of wet fur and definitely alcohol as the door swings open there's an Little indirect natural light filtering in through a slatted window at the back in the corner. 
And there's a dusty pushpin board on one wall, a huge whiteboard on another, and a door that stands partially ajar into another room. And much of that room is lost in shadow and behind a figure. But you can see a stained twin mattress on the floor and empty bottles on the far side, with a large messy stack of books and data slates. As an unkempt young man, maybe his early 20s, but hiding behind dirt and lank hair, pulls that door shut to the second room while you three file into the office. And as your eyes adjust to the gloom, you see that he's actually only got one eye, and it's a red-rimmed, angry socket that glares at you uh, while his other eye narrows at the assessment of your motley trio. Hello, sir. He continues his one-eyed glare and says, Eh, and who, may I ask, politely, the fuck are you? And he spits on the floor. Potential customers, and so I think that we should be fast friends. <laughs> customers for who? Perhaps of knowledge, learning, and uh, acquisition. Okay. Sounds like you're trying to sell me something, not, uh, not be my customers. Sell you our custom. Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. How'd you find your way in here to sell me my custom? I'll... I'll step forward and pull out the uh, the card we got and uh, hand it over to him. He doesn't take it as you hold it out, but he leans forward and squints at it. Where'd you get my card? Friend who had your card. I mean, you presumably make cards to hand out, so it came from someone you gave a card to. I've made a few cards to hand out to a few people. <clears throat> So, um, I think, I think we're, we're good here. I think I don't, I don't need your custom. Thank you for your time. Just as a, a frame of reference, I got to admit, I forgot exactly where we got this card from where my character, I would guess would remember. Where did we actually pick up this card specifically? The mayor, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. In the basement of the transaction okay. building. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought, but I was, I couldn't remember exactly. I'd be like, well, the mayor said we should we should talk to you. <laughs> exactly how that went, but uh, you know, I think uh, yeah, we we have mutual acquaintances who desire uh, uh, us to make acquaintance as well. So the mayor gave you the card, huh? So the bastard kept. <clears throat> you hear the click of him letting a hammer down on a revolver as he brings his right hand out from behind his back, and he says, "I'm the associate of the um, associates." And he holds his hand out and offers a shake to the three of you in turn. I'll shake his hand. As you take his hand, you get a full dose of him, and he reeks of alcohol and blood. And that smell of wet fur is still fairly strong in the air. Does he, uh, does he track his supernatural to uh, Graham's arcane senses? He is actually the source of those twisted, not twisted powers, but of that, those two separate powers... Uh, pulling it in different directions or pushing against each other, if you will. It seems to be emanating from him. And he says, I'd offer you a seat, but haven't had clients in a while. Sold the furniture. You know how it is. As we do. Uh, we have also uh, recently uh, lost uh, some of our equipment and uh, uh, luggage, as it were. Yeah, that happened. So, you know, nothing to do but keep on keeping on. Uh, eh, 
the through you got the card from the mayor. You're keeping on, keeping on, and you've come to me now. Um, I mean, what's so? What can I do for you? I'm kind of curious as to what <clears throat> what old Pride said, because he's not usually the most forthcoming of uh, gentlemen. He was not very forthcoming. In fact, the encounter that we had with uh, uh, old Pride, as you uh, just called him, uh, was very lacking in solid information and overabundant uh, in uh, an excess of questions. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, we've had a similar experience with the man. Um, and frankly, I, I wouldn't mind if we had no further experiences with him. Um, but you, sir, I think can uh, trust us to exchange with you information uh, at face value, um, which I think is a significantly uh, increased uh, of uh, importance in such circumstances. And as you finish, Graham, uh, you see the associate look over to you, Tyler, and he says, could you give me a uh, short word version of that? Graham looks uh, expectantly at Tyler. <laughs> Tyler goes, well, translate. We we think you can help us more than the mayor can help could help us as he was uh, not very talkative at all on on anything. He waves his hand. Got it. Got it. Okay. We are we are tracking here. And what about that uh, that gray old dog traveling with you there? He's real quiet. I know every group has its spokesman, but he's uh, fighting it. I'll look look back at Slash. Yeah, just here helping them out. We're here to, you know, do the Pride's game and do our thing. As you say that, do the Pride's game and do our thing, His your our thing is lost in his laughter as he uh, rocks back a little bit too far. He, I mean, you obviously have the whiff of alcohol, but he rocks back a little too far and just howls with laughter. Uh kind of what we were getting on the uh, whole the whole uh contest thing going on so yeah hoping you can shed some shed some light for for us uh, newbies here he uh, he looks at you he stares at you for just a like a beat too long you know in a, in a conversation it's just a little bit awkward he makes his eye contact is a little bit too intense and he says yeah one moment and he reaches behind him with his right hand again, opens that door and slips into it. He doesn't let you see into the room where before the door was hanging ajar and the three of you got a, you know, a little glance in there. And he goes in back. Do the three of you want to make me a, do we have a listen or would, I think it might be notice. I don't think we have a clear listen skill. It'd be, it'd still be notice. Yeah. Now, so go ahead and roll me a notice check, the three of you. Ooh, I got an wow. 11. Yeah. Holy crap. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I think we might have noticed something. Yeah, I think maybe so. So we've got a, a good success from Graham with uh, aces from Tyler and Slash with elevens, which is success with rays. So our success, Graham, you hear the or all three of you, I should say, hear the snap of a small twig or maybe a bone, something like that, and um. Tyler and Slash, you hear a uh, a bubbling noise, a gurgling noise almost. 
like uh you know a faucet that's turned on very low or a straw that's getting air bubbles into your soda that kind of thing just a low bubbling gurgling noise um, or maybe a water pot beginning to boil and after about 20 to 30 seconds he pop, the associate pops back out and his one eye is much more focused than it was and he says all right you three the mayor gave you my card bastard kept it after all i you say my uh hooded friend um some sort of magic user i think leyline walkers tend to wear that don't they to protect from the yeah whatever i've been investigating the lottery for a while and you say you three are tired of half sentences and i think if the mayor sent you to me look if pride sent you through my door that means he's tired of half measures too so brace yourself because this is why anyone who knows has been laughing at the game i've been investigating this lottery for a while at first it was just for fun because it seemed too good to be true and then then there was a winner a girl my he chokes for a second. Heckin's sister. I followed the closed coach out of the town to the west and south. They took their precautions. They always do. But I was the better man. They crossed the river down south just to, you know, they're keeping to the west of the, the ley line nexus that we got uh, south of the town here. And they went into an old mine shaft that I thought, look, I, I thought it felt a little wrong. Just the walls were so smooth, like, I don't know, like, this is going to sound crazy, like a worm had bored it out or something. And, you know, I think I was sane at the time, um, but I thought it was a mine shaft and it, it just, it felt wrong. Walls were just too smooth, too smooth, but it was going down at the right pitch. It was a little bit bigger than you'd expect, but not, you know. Not so exorbitantly so, just the walls were smooth, and there were no supports. I don't know. I just don't feel like it was dug by tools. But it went deep, you know? And I knew I shouldn't have followed them all the way, but I thought I was too smart or too strong. Turns out I was just fucking stupid. But look. What did you see down there? About two hours out of town, the bottom line about two hours out of town, and maybe half a mile underground. I don't, could be more. I'm no miner. It went deep, and there's a city down there. There is a hive to the south and west of here, underground. And he looks at the three of your faces. He makes eye contact with all three of you to see if his words, like he's looking for a reaction. I'm going to lean in close to him, and I'm going to be doing two things. One is I'm going to kind of look them over a little bit, kind of lean left and kind of look down and kind of lean right and look down. And I'm kind of looking for um, what Tyler knows of juicers, just see if there's any anything like juicing going on with this guy. And I'll kind of be a little overly close to him and come up to eye level, kind of leaning over a little bit. Now you said city and hive in about the same sentence. Go ahead, go ahead. You want to make me a notice roll as you lean back and forth and just see what you can pick out? It is low light. The only light filtering into the room, because this is off the main hallway, the only light filtering into the room is from that slatted window that's off to one corner of this main room. Yep. 
Uh, I got a four. Okay. That's a basic success. And so as you lean left and right and, and kind of, you know, squirrel around in your seat a little bit, he's just sort of standing there holding court, if you will. And with the basic success, you see that he's seems to be missing multiple fingers on his left hand. You think it's two, it might be three, and then you think it's two. And I mean, you've already seen his missing eye, but he looks rough. His shoulders are slumped. You know, his head, his chin is thrown forward. His entire posture just says tired and worn. And, you know, you've counted the, or tried to count the missing fingers. You've seen the missing eye. But he stands with his feet about shoulder width apart like a martial man. Someone who's used to being in a scrap and that's just their resting place. And he speaks with limited hand gestures. And his eye roves. He's continuing to make contact with the three of you, um, eye to eye, eyeball to eyeball. But that's all you can pick out with a basic success. Okay. And that's that's yeah. good enough. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Graham pipes in like, you know, on our, our way here, I, I, you you got it right, uh, associate. Uh, I am a ley line walker, and I felt the lines and the nexuses as I was coming in. So... The thought of something resting below the earth here is not strange to me at all. And the tunnel that you found, no stranger to the things that make tunnels like that either. He looks at you sharply when you say, you're right, I am a Leyland walker. And his one eye goes kind of wide when you say, you know, you sensed the, the energies and, and you gave that line. And he looks at you for a second further to see if you're going to say anything more. And he says... I'm glad that's all you felt, and you're damn right. A hive city, there's a f damn lot of them. So whatever you want to call it, yeah, I said hive and city together in the same sentence because I haven't figured out what it is. We aren't running a census there, sir, as he looks at you, Tyler. And he says, I'm glad that's all you felt, but having any of that right underneath the nexus is not, will never be. Something that I want to write home about. <laughs> I ask is that, uh, is this expedition you uh, went on the nature of your missing uh, features? Yeah. So that winner that I followed, that girl, and his, his eye, you know, he squeezes it shut for a second. She was in that carriage. We went down to that underground city. And I, look, like I said, I was just stupid. But Pride's Utopia is a regular delivery to a vampire hive for their livestock pens. And let me know if I'm leaving anything out, because I got close enough to hear the screams. Am I coming through clear enough? Because after that I ran, and I almost didn't make it. And he holds up his left hand so that his empty socket looks over the stumps of his fingers. And you see now, Tyler, that he is indeed missing three fingers off of his left hand. It's the pinky ring and middle finger. And his empty socket glares at you over that angry red rim with pox around the edges. And you can see now as you look closer, as you're leaning back a little bit, because he's leaning in so close to the three of you, he's got small lined scars on his face and all over his arms, with fresh cuts and scratches on his hands between his knuckles and up to his wrists there. And he says, what are you traveling with? You know my story. 
That's about it. Because I came back here, tried to tell people. Nobody really believed me. There's, there's one guy, old Pastor Johansson, but he's little more than a joke. He's a crotchety old bastard, though, and he's got this protege around him. Someone new who came to town and took a shine to him and actually stepped out of the game. More, more wins to that boy. He gets up and speaks every now and again. Maybe every few days, I don't know. I stopped listening. Maybe one or two other people who gave a shit, but mayor never listened to me. No one really seemed to care. They're all too focused on what it could be. But that's me. And maybe I've spelled it out enough for you. But Pride's Utopia? That's nothing you want a part of. I think you should probably just leave town now. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Uh, hearing, hearing the story, I don't quite think I can just leave town. So I appreciate that. Now, let's, uh... So a hive of vampires underneath. Sounds like you and a few others. Sounds like the mayor has an idea about what's going on as well. So, and if I'm guessing right, just kind of what typically happens in these cases is this is to bring people into the the uh, cattle pens, as you said, down there. So everyone is controlled by the vampires, at least in the upper echelon of this place. Do I have a, a good idea? Controlled? Ah, it's... Look, Pride's a shitbag. A lesser bastard of maybe a man who was once great, who built this, this barony, living off in his little mountain escape. But, I, look, I don't think they're running it. I... Uh, I think the... My takeaway from what investigation I was able to do before I got shut out, because I'm not the better man anymore, is really just the vampires were able to pull one over on Pride. He's obviously not excited. Now, he's look, he sent you to me, so he's not happy about the way things are. That's the read I can get, because he was the first person, not one of, he was the first person I went to, and he threw me out on my ear. So, take that for what you will. Now he sent you to my door, and he kept, he kept my card, son of a bitch. But, I don't think the vampires are running the show. From what I understand, there is a gang in town. They call their little hangout the bar, but they act more like street thugs. So I don't know if it's one big gang or group coven of vampires running this, but that's that's pop culture. Look, I don't know much about them. I thought this game was a farce and I followed my I followed that girl who won and I I paid for it. And then nobody well. listened. Well, what do you think of this? And I'll pull out the note that the the thugs had on it. Does this sound about like your your thugs that you you're talking about? He grabs that in his right hand. He really doesn't use his left hand much. It actually hangs limp at his side most of the time. He grabs that note with his right hand. Says, "Yeah." He holds it up to the thin light coming through that slatted window. Written on human skin. You see how thin this leather is? It's almost gone translucent. Of course, this is them. It's gotta be. Written on human skin. Yeah, kill three newcomers and come. 
bring proof to the bar. Can they get a little more unimaginative? He scoffs and tosses it back into your lap. Tyler, Tyler is suddenly like, he'll take it, but he's also at the same time a little disgusted. He's like, oh, this is human. Oh, okay. Uh, well, and at this point, I, Tyler's kind of thinking we've got just about everything we can get out of, a, out of this guy. Um, he seems pretty jaded and to be honest when, you know, Tyler doesn't know mysticism, but you know, hearing Graham be like, there's something going on in there. And then finding out vampires are somewhere around, like he's like, Hmm, something weird's going on. So I think I want to talk to the party members out of earshot of whatever's going on with this guy. So I'll look, I'll look to the other, to Graham and slash and say, uh, anything else, any other questions you got for this gentleman? Uh, a few, I think, actually, but, um... Goddamn curious trait. All right, Graham. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Soja, I'd like for you to know that you're not the only one who's seen terrible things. I I understand the place that you're in, I believe. Um, you've heard of Tolkien? Oh. He looks at you, he's staring hard again with his one eye, and he kind of, you know, does that little surveying rock back on his two feet huh you were there huh that sounded pretty pretty shit job by the cs last i heard there wasn't much of tolkien left yeah there isn't yes yeah i think you might actually be a little deeper than me all right life is still shit but i guess i got one sympathizer it's difficult sometimes when everything that you had is gone but there's always potential until until we stop breathing i have already come to terms with what i've seen uh, maybe we can help you come to terms with this or maybe we can make it something that doesn't have to end the same way so so, so maybe we do something about this so you uh, believe me oh yeah absolutely this is uh, the world is you're absolutely right the world is terrible uh the world is full of horrible things and absolute travesties and darkness this is not this is not a terrible stretch of the imagination in this world we live in uh and uh i think that this is uh this is what i've come to expect um it's a terrible sadness and i'll deal with my disappointment uh that this promised land is another false hope Uh, i'll process that later uh but it's easy to process the idea that you've presented uh when you look at it from the lens of the absolute cynicism of this world i think ultimately i get to shoot vampires with a glitter boy right that's kind of the the some goal of this conversation you, do you say that out loud? Is that your oh, yeah. baseline? Oh, yeah. He turns back to you, and he goes, You're a Glitter Boy pilot? You're a Glitter Boy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You get to shoot vampires with a Glitter Boy. I've got just the man for you to meet. <laughs> Tyler has a, a, a grin from ear to ear, but he kind of fades back a little bit. Graham was, Graham was asking questions, and he kind of interrupted, and he's like, Sorry about that, Graham. Oh, absolutely. This is a this is a collective discussion. Um, now, Mister, uh, 
associate. Um, two rapid-fire questions for you. Uh, do you have another name that we can refer to you as or converse with you by? Uh, and also, uh, I'm picking up some some real wonky vibes here. Um, would you mind ever so much, uh, if it's not too intrusive, um, how... Uh, where where stand you in the this rifts world of ours uh dimensional local mystical is there more to you sir than meets the single eye <laughs> he uh like he, he he goes rigid for a second like he 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 wants to be mad at you you feel but just for a second, and then he deflates. Like, the fight just goes out of him. Uh, uh, Graham is actually rather charismatic. He does, in fact, have the charismatic edge. Oh, fuck you, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'd be happy to roll persuasion, because it's, it's functionally like one free re-roll on any persuasion as well. Well, go ahead, go ahead and roll a persuasion. Let's, let's start with a persuasion roll. Let's, let's kick off there. Basic success. Okay. I don't think you need to re-roll. Let's take the basic success. And so he goes rigid and he looks at you like he's he's mad and, and just like he's going to say something. But then the fight just kind of goes out of him. And yeah, so you caught me on a good day. I don't know what you see. Damn magic users. Son of a. I don't know what you see, but look, I got away and I'm missing a few things. And maybe I gained a couple of things and maybe a couple of those things need to be kept on a leash. And as he says that, he reaches over with his right arm and he pulls up his ragged long shirt sleeve past the elbow on his left arm, and you see a wooden stake driven through the joint, the elbow joint of his left arm. And that immediately explains why he's kept it stiff at his side and hasn't really been using it for anything. That does not look pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that there? Yeah, was it? Does that track to Graham? Like, is there any like occult knowledge of like that's how you stop something? No, go ahead and roll me an occult knowledge. But he is definitely like he throws back his head and laughs as he drops his sleeve when Slash says that does not look comfortable um, or pleasant. Yeah. So what's the? Oh wow! So you got an ace there. We came up with a nine on the occult. So that's success with rays. So yeah, Graham. For you, look, you've never really dealt with vampires. You've heard stories. There was a a speaker who came to the university. It was a department that you were not at all affiliated with, and you missed it because you had a double booking. You know, you were gonna go, but uh, you heard that this speaker was actually one of his subject matter, and that was a day-walking vampire. So someone who had been turned, but who had natural, supernatural ability. You you don't remember. You weren't there at the talk if it was psychic or, or psionic or magical. But he had natural, supernatural ability. And that ability, instead of continuing to be a supernatural force, or he was able to cast spells or usonic powers stopped him from being fully turned from a traditional vampire as you understand them so all of his psychic energy is essentially drained but it's not gone it's just being used to stop it from stop him from turning into a vampire 
that kind of rattles around in your head on a success with Ray's. And as you see the visual representation with that stake through the elbow, you wonder if this might be a home remedy version of that? Yeah, I think the the math like tracks of like, okay, well, this is uh yeah, this is some uh God, what's the the word I'm looking for? Uh this is like some holistic medicine version. Yeah, like a a little witch doctory, you know, and he's like I mentioned before when Tyler was leaning in, you know, and you you're having more conversation with him, your eyes are adjusting to the dimness. You definitely see, you know, the the tracery of thin scars that are across his face and his arm as he pulled his sleeve up. You saw in you know gouges in his left arm that have mostly healed over, and you're no pathologist, but definitely weeks old. And so it's, you know, it's, it's all part of, like you said, the math tracks, it's all part of that. Everything is kind of coming together into this picture. That name. I am the associate, Heckin's associate, and I was the better man, but I don't know what I am now, and better is not in the title. So, um, Graham was firing the battery of questions. You had two rapid fire. Did I miss one of them, Graham, or did we catch both? We got both. It was okay. uh, it was name and uh, nature okay. functionally cool, of like cool, cool. what what are you precisely? So what what uh, who? Yeah. Um. So I think we we got those two questions answered. All right. Cool. So you you mentioned uh, that when I asked about kind of you know vampires controlling the area, but you know winning Pride's game sends you to the vampires. How how in the world does that happen if they're not controlling something here? You'd have to, look, you'd have to ask Pride, or look, I say Pride, the Baron's still alive, I I assume, up there in his mountain estate. Hell, he might not even know what's going on down here. He must have heard about the game, but maybe he thinks that his misbegotten bastard has thought up some sort of getaway idea to market so that he can curry favor with the old man, but you'd have to ask the mayor, Pride. And he says it with a sneer and see why he's sending people to the vampire. I don't know why. I just found out that it is and I'm not happy about it. And I'm going to go off of a hunch here and say that if everyone believed me, I don't know, maybe 10 out of 10 people wouldn't be happy about being locked into the stocks and fed on by vampires and who knows what else. Until they couldn't take it anymore and went insane, and probably for a little while after that. Um, but uh, I reckon I can imagine a, a scenario in which this is uh, some poor politician, some bastard, as you have supplied, um, version of a compromise of sorts. Um, yeah, I, I imagine if there's as many vampires under there as one could suspect for such a appellation as Hive that uh, perhaps this is the, uh, these are the functional reparations of a treaty. This is the tribute, if you will. Well, now that sounds, that makes, that squeezes my heart there, Walker. That sentence just squeezes it right down and makes me feel like I want to drop. If he made a willing deal, <laughs> you know, now you say that, Blackmail is the other side of the coin to a, to a handshake on a deal. I don't think 
I don't think anybody's actually seen his daughter physically for shit, maybe since this whole thing kicked off. Maybe she was part of the deal. Or maybe not. All I know is Heckins and he stops. My he stops. That girl that I ended up following, uh your sister probably right? probably a long list of He's he's staring off into the distance and he ignores that, but you see his head twitch when you say the words. I think there's a longer list than cattle in her future. So, if the mayor's conscience is finally kicked in, just a couple years too late for him to be called a human being anymore. Forget decent. <laughs> that left years ago. <laughs> Tell me about the help I've been sent. Tell me about our great saviors that are going to drive the populace to believe in my stories or <laughs> maybe just take care of this whole problem themselves while I go off and die in a corner. Yeah, you saw that scrap of skin. What if we brought proof? Yeah, I mean, there's thugs we defeated in the alley back there. Tyler shivers because he remembers he's got a piece of human skin in his pocket again. Ugh. <laughs> um, I can take the skin if you. Yeah, oh, you really, really probably shouldn't put that in your pocket. I, it's okay. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be okay. I love that. Graham said he could take it, and Slash was like, "Oh yeah, no, don't, don't treat it like that. This is how you really want to preserve it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so he says, "Well, I said three newcomers. Huh. I guess you could. I guess you sure could. What'd they look like though?" I'm going to guess they were skinheads because that's most of the other wannabes that I've seen. I'm so, You three get out of there with no, like, how many were there? How many were trying to jump you to get in this time? Uh, three, four, something like that, wasn't it? I lost count. Was uh, overcome with um, just disappointment, so I didn't track the numbers. But, uh, yeah, something like that. Huh. All right. Well, usually... They mop up and get in four or five at a time. So, but the ones I've seen have been skinheads. And they're usually a little, got a couple of tattoos on them. And they're dropping some kind of drug so that they got an edge on the competition, if you know what I mean. Because newcomers is real broad. And this is, this is just what this club does. Because they don't care, you know. I, again, if, look, you think the vampires might be running this. Maybe they struck a deal with the mayor. Maybe they didn't. But this bar, I don't know. Go. Go be the newcomers. Or go be the, the slayers. See what you think. But you haven't told me anything about yourselves except Glitter Boy here and Leyline Walker. I'm going to go out on a limb and say fighting vampires isn't your profession. Which leads me to believe your gear isn't going to be too much good here. Except for that, that boom gun. Oh, just wait till you meet this guy. Not not yet. We're not vampires yet. I'm going to lean over to, to Graham and to Slash a little bit and be like, he, he keeps calling them skinheads. Is that a type of vampire? I, I'm confused. I believe he was speaking about the uh, the wannabe gang members. And he speaks up when you say skinheads and Graham is barely finished speaking. He says, skinheads. They got no hair. There's skin on their head. Don't read too much into it. Okay. Are you sure? It like if they're carrying this around, are they like 
initiates into the vampire order? What, how how does that work? Oh, no, you don't get it. They're wannabes. They found out about this gang, thought it was some street gang doing killings or committing crimes or whatever it is that draws young idiots to uh, some form of organized crime as they know it. And this is how they want to get in. I don't know if they know that it's a vampire cult. I don't know if they know that they're going to either be turned into fodder, put through tests, and then turned into vampire initiates or, you know, turned away or turned into meat. They, I don't know what they know, but that's what they do. Okay, well, that answers my question. So, uh, normal, normal rabble type of stuff. Gotcha. I'd imagine so, and that's why I feel like it's just real hard to imagine that that same club, bar, gang thing is running this game. There's, <sighs> go see, man. I haven't been able to get in there. I haven't. He looks down at his left side. I haven't wanted to get in there for a while now. We might, uh, we might take a look at that. Now, um, uh, you know, I, I must apologize. Um, we haven't. Uh, properly introduced ourselves associate uh, i'm graham uh and then i think i turn to uh tyler and slash to like see if they'll introduce themselves or if i have to do it for them i, I reach my hand out to him again and say I, i'm tyler he reaches back and shakes it i gave him a little i'll give him a little wave and say name slash slash well i know what the other two do what are you about you look like you've been through it a couple of times oh you know here to make some money. Here to get into some shit. <laughs> You've come to the right place, Slash. Is there any chance some shit extends to the slang of supernatural extra-dimensional beings? And he goes deadpanned at the end of the sentence and stares at you hard. Hey, I'm here with these two and whatever they're doing, I'm here getting into it with them, so let's go get it. Tyler's just shaking his head yes. Like, <laughs> vigorously. <laughs> Uh, now, associate, uh, two two more questions, if you don't mind. Um, uh, answer in whichever order you feel, uh, you know, uh, easier. Can teams win Pride's game? And also, who is this person you keep referring to? Uh, there's someone for us to meet that will be quite pleased with uh, the arrival of a, a glitter boy with a boom gun. So, teams, no. Pride's game is a lottery for individual citizens. When this first started, you used to have to pay your taxes and be a citizen of Pride's Shield. This particular town is Shield Star, but be a citizen of Pride's Shield, the barony. And if you were a good, law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, you were entered into the lottery. And someone was drawn about once a month. And again, let me know if I'm leaving too much out for you. You mentioned that's why you hated the mayor. And you're not alone. Absolutely. Um, uh, no, no, I was, I was more curious of whether or not uh, we could utilize the lottery uh, to some extent for uh, intelligence gathering, but uh, that may not be the avenue for us. Uh, now, about this, uh, this friendly individual that uh, you're acquainted with, um, how would we uh, go about making his acquaintance? Sure. Well, or hers, I suppose. The drunk, how oh, is a he? Drawings are up to once a week now, so you might want to include those in your questions for Mayor Pride. And he spits it again. But the uh, 
a gentleman. Well, he ain't a gentleman, but look, your gear won't be too much good, though that boom gun might just do enough damage to make it near impossible for them to regenerate. I've seen him come back from some. I've seen him come back from a lot. There's a guy that I worked with, and you'll like him. He gestures at Slash. You'll like him. He's one of the old Justice Rangers that roamed the land here in the West, fighting for idyllic lost causes like those crackpot cyber knights you hear stories about. Whoa. So are they real? He looks over at uh, Graham. Says, that's, uh, that's something you definitely hear about associated with Tolkien. Cyber knights a real thing? People that good really exist? They were. I sure could use one out here now. But I'll take a, a slash, whatever it is you do, and a glitter boy and a ley line walker. They don't know, you don't know, what's out there and what's in here. You don't know what's out there. And look, go to the east bridge. It's the easternmost bridge here off the main drag. And you'll see a sh building that's built up on top of that bridge. It's right over the water, the center of the water. On account of, look, don't tell him that he's paranoid. Please don't. He's got, he's got a hell of an ego, but his shop is in the center of the bridge, and that structure that's on that bridge over the water is uh, his space. You go ahead and tell him the same thing you told me, that the mayor gave you the card for Heckin's office, and you stop by her to talk, to talk to the associate, and that should get you somewhere. He'll be able to sort you out for gear that might be some use against a vampire, and I say he's going to love you because... He's been working on a little something that a glitter boy could use. I never thought I'd see the day when one had come through who didn't think I was just talking shit, but oh man. He's old school though, those Justice Rangers. You may need some proof that you're actually here to help us out. I've, I've noticed I've got the key that tends to open that door, so. I'm sure we'll charm him just as we have you, Associate. Charmed. You waved that card around, that was... That was enough. Doesn't take much to charm in this town. One might say there's a little too much charm in this town. Alright, well... Quick, Associate. Speaking of doing good things, um, and Graham, like, points at, uh, points at, like, his own eye, uh, and looks at the Associate and is like, do you miss it? Miss it? Yeah. When, when I'm me, definitely miss it. But you get used to it. It's just... It's just me now. Gotta let go of me then. What if you didn't have to? <laughs> yeah? You into, you into healing magic there, Little Line Walker? More often than not, how do you think I survived a nuclear explosion? Oh, uh, this should be interesting. Uh, he glances at Slash and looks back at Graham. I guess you can give it a shot if you want, but I think vampire magic might be something a little different than what you've dealt with in the past. Eh, worth a try. Oh, I'm here. Uh, and I think, like, with that sort of, like, implicit permission, um, Graham just starts, like, making himself comfortable in this place. Like, if he's got a desk, like, he, like, clears some space. Uh, or if, like, you know, we discussed that there's not really any furniture, so he just sort of, like, makes makes himself comfortable uh, in a, a portion of the room. Um like goes behind him, like adjusts the like slats where the the windows are, and like just sort of like paces the room for a minute, and then like sits down, cross-legged, and is like, "I'll need about an hour to get ready." Jesus, an hour. Okay, what are we supposed to do while we wait? You can't tell me you had anything better to do. He laughs again. 
Probably got a couple bottles that aren't empty back there. Yeah, we break one out after after I, you know, after we succeed here, and I'll have something to celebrate. But uh, I don't know. You, you all can do whatever it is you need. Um, I've got to I've got to be somewhere else for a minute. All right, Tyler will just find a clear spot on the floor and just pop a squat and sit down on the floor because there's not much else in here, and just lean back up against the wall and just be patient. Slash is going to go over to one of the corners and just sit up against the wall and watch as Tyler prepares to do what he's going to, or Graham prepares to do what he's going to do. All right. Yeah, so uh, just straight up, like, there is, by expending a, like, ridiculous amount of power points, some, a, a caster can try to heal crippling injuries. Wow. All right. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, it, it takes a lot. Like, it's basically going to take all the rest of the power points I have uh, for now. Uh, it takes an hour. Uh, and uh, you're only allowed to attempt once per injury. Oh wow! And even if I even if I succeed, um, so it says like if you fail, you can't try again for that injury. But if you succeed, uh, the subject is exhausted for 24 hours. Oh wow! Okay. All right. But uh, he looks pretty exhausted already, so I don't know if that'll matter too much. Yeah, he might just drop to the floor. So, well, you go ahead and roll those casting dice. I'm going to take a quick bio. I'll be right back. All right, so gentlemen, what do we think we're going to do next while while the DM is off <laughs> taking care of things? I'm really curious that uh, this other gentleman we've got to find and talking to the mayor to kind of figure out, because I'm wondering how the vampires have a hold on this place. I'm really curious about that. I think if they don't have him under control, they must be doing him some favors or making him a very wealthy man or something. They're doing something to get him involved if it's not directly controlling them they're definitely influencing him otherwise i was wondering if it's sort of like a, a chain of like maybe they have pull on the mercenaries and maybe the mercenaries have pull on him but either way you know somebody's somebody's exploiting somebody over here so i, I do think there's maybe value also in um uh besides it was mentioned in that that bar and uh you know maybe maybe the gangs have a piece of this puzzle that we are uh, could be useful uh, in untangling this web. Um, that's uh, that's another option. Um, Sosie even said it. You know, we could go over there and be be the newcomers uh, or the slayers. And I assume he sort of meant we could pose as the uh, wannabe gang members or just be straightforward about having dealt with them. So. Um, either, either way works for me. And, uh, with, uh, if I had a little bit of time to rest after this, uh, expenditure, um, then, uh, I have some other abilities that might come in very handy in those fact finding missions. Good. I'm, I'm leaning toward figuring out what's going on here so we can make sure we take care of the whole problem before we go, you know, blowing up some vampires. So. Also, yeah, I want to see if there's a, a method by which we can, uh, uh, you know, maybe defeat or capture, you know, uh, one of them so that we can show it. Uh, you know, Associate was also suggesting that nobody in town would be pleased to know that the vampires have been, uh, that a deal was struck or that they are the actual uh, destination of the lottery. So if we can... Uh, as as you know, tough as I think the two of you are, uh, definitely uh, far easier uh, 
uh, to fight maybe a city full of vampires or a coven of vampires with uh, some backup. And uh, whoever's not in on it in this town, probably fairly vested in not sending other people to, you know, be eaten. Well, I agree. I'm I'm willing to go down there with or without it, though. So we'll try and get it. But either way, I think it's a, a worthy cause to go clear out the the area of vampires. And I understand that you have uh, a, uh, a predilection towards such heroics there, Tyler. But uh, without knowing the numbers there, three of us may not be enough for this particular job. Eh, if it's under a couple hundred, I think we'll be fine. You, uh, <laughs> you have not been educated in these things. So, it looks like you we have a, a <laughs> we have a success on spellcasting. And I had to, man. I had to. Tyler, for our listeners yeah. out there in podcast land, Tyler just got a Benny. In fact, we've been giving out quite a few Bennies. Uh, Graham and Tyler have been playing in character. And, you know, so has Slash. Now, when I think about his taciturn mercenary nature. So, we're going to squeeze one more onto his sheet. But I come back here. So, we've got Graham with a seven on the spellcasting healing. So, is that a success for your hour-long ritual casting? Uh, yeah, functionally, as basically sort of as long as it's uh, good with the DM. Uh, it only requires still the basic success. It just requires a bunch of power points. Uh, so many that uh, outside of like rifts, or sorry, outside of, um, uh, yeah, outside of like the iconic framework for, for rifts, I don't think a lot of casters at our, uh, what's it called, rank, uh, would have the amount of power points that they need. This is sort of definitely something that I can only really do by virtue of uh, the amount of power points I have, it's 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 already a heavy gate. It's like literally plus twenty to the cost of uh, healing. Well, as you start to pull power, as you get yourself settled and begin the meditative chants that take you into the trance to pull from your uh, deepest depths of what is available to you, you recognize that there is a source of power that you can pull, like a ley line, but you. No, there isn't a ley line near enough for you to tap. And you could actually cast this ritual without pulling any power from yourself. Theoretically? Yeah. So there's there's nothing there's nothing here though, right? There's no ley line, but there seems to be a source of power nearby that you could tap into. Uh that's something we would definitely investigate, but we wouldn't I wouldn't just reach straight for it. Sure. It's about four feet in front of you, missing one eye. Can is that something that like we can get a, a handle on let's just man some sort of uh, magical battery now not not so much a magical battery as you think that if you're going to take the time to puzzle it out it might take you more than an hour to cast but if you want to roll me eh, go ahead and roll me a smarts check since you're a leyline walker just roll me that smarts oh benny's to burn if you're curious uh, yeah yeah here we go here we go. So that was a good roll on the smarts die with an ace on the wild die. So we have an 11 total, which is success with rays for all you listeners out there. Um, it It's not so much that he's become a magical battery or a PPE battery, the potential sonic energy. He's it's It's more that the two energies that are pushing against each other and making this aura that you feel that that is spraying off of him. It, it's almost as if that energy bleed is what you can pull from. Like it's, it's loose. It's wild magic. That's just being shunted away from him. And he's the epicenter because he is where those two forces meet. And you can just sort of 
catch what's coming off, just like raindrops off of a roof, and say, "Oh yeah, all right, we can we yeah, can this make is this like do." A, this, is a, this is a natural vent. This is like a geothermal vent of like, exactly. yeah, this is just something that's that's coming off. Exactly. Um, certainly, I'd be uh, as long as I don't think that it would harm him to do so. I would definitely borrow uh some of those powerpoints. You don't think so? And as you start to siphon off, if you keep an eye to the sign for him, it's uh. He doesn't even flinch. He doesn't even seem to notice. You really do think it's just the residue. Then there's no, uh, you know, with the success on the the spell casting, we can we can put a we can put an eyeball back in there. All right. So you've pulled the magic from from his excess, and you go through casting the ritual. Tyler and Graham, or excuse me, Tyler and Slash. You see Graham begin to mutter to himself almost. And the room swims a little bit. You you almost feel like the light is pinching itself as Graham continues to mutter and speak under his breath. And then he goes quiet and then he begins to mutter and speak again. And it really does take every bit of an hour. But at one point, the associate crumples to the floor. And Graham, it is as you finish this spell that you, or this ritual, that you hear a thud, and you open your eyes, as you utter the final word, you open your eyes, and you see that the associate is laying on the floor, and he does appear to be breathing. Tyler, I'm sure you, you start for a second as that body drops, and slash, you immediately see that he's still breathing. Right, so the three of you react in your way, but it's, it, it appears, you know, both of his eyes are closed and you're not sure if there's something under that socket or if the eyelids muscle memory just has it in that slightly convex shape yeah as soon as i see him drop i'll rush over and make sure he's okay that's right you have some healing ability so go ahead and uh roll roll me is it a heal skill yep yeah uh five yeah so you rush over and you know part of your own curious nature uh, and part of your healing skill, you immediately peel his eyelid back, and you go, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, there is there is a ball under there." I give, I look over at Graham and just give a thumbs up. Ooh, that uh, takes a lot, even if it's not all mine. Are you okay? Yeah, just tired. Not as tired as he is, I reckon. But uh, oof, you know, I think the uh, key, Tyler, in any of these endeavors is to remember the potential. I agree. I agree. And I'm going to I'm going to pick uh the associate up and move him over to the mattress and and get him set up there and well uh I kind of don't want to want to leave him in an unconscious state like this where he can't can't do anything so I think at least I'll I'll stay by his side here until he wakes up and Graham I don't know if you need any help or anything but I think it'd be good just to make sure he gets through wearing this off. Definitely need to stretch my legs. That's uh, that's something. So, Tyler, as you shove open that side door and carry him over to the mattress, you notice it is a stained and sorry little twin mattress affair. There is a horrible pile, not even a stack, but a pile of books and data slates. And you see, you know, at a glance, there's symbols and, and you know, strange script in them. And you notice as you move into the room and you can see into the shadows a little bit more, there is a mound 
a mound of rat bodies in one of the corners that was cloaked in shadow from the outer room. And that stench of wet fur is so strong in here, along with the blood and alcohol. And you lay him down on the mattress. I presume you'd wait in the outer room? Yep, Graham, you mentioned stretching your legs. Uh, slash, thoughts? No, I had uh, nodded off while Tyler was doing his spell. Okay, So I cool. was just over in the corner, kind of snoozing at the moment. Okay, cool. So Slash nodded off while Graham was casting. So you stick around, Tyler, for probably about two, two and a half hours. And uh, Graham, you know, are, so are the three of you, if Slash is asleep in the corner, Graham, you're doing some uh, magical practitioner's yoga. Are we all going to stay there until this time has passed, or are you guys going to split off? Well, the first thing I'll do is when I when I come out of the room, I'll seeing Slash asleep, I'll look at Graham and say, uh, you might know more about what this means, but I, I have an idea. But uh, there's there's a rather large pile of rats in there. I uh, I think that's part of the, the price that our associate has paid. That's what I was w- wondering about. Mm-hmm. That sounds unpleasant. Are they? Uh, is he? Is he done with them? Because uh, he doesn't seem to have. We could. We could clean up a little in here, I suppose. Uh, that might be a good idea. That might be a good idea. And uh, I'll. I'll set about doing that. You know, I'll take. Um, start cleaning up as much as I can. Um, is there? There's probably not an easy way to dispose of a big mound of rat bodies. <laughs> easily unless there's like a burn barrel or something like that around or is that would that make too much of a fuss in town no this is uh post post epoch there's definitely you know metal drums in in backyards that people burn things out of if um you know you're poking around you're trying to clean you're thinking of a way to get rid of these maybe you flip open the slats in that main room and you look out into a small scrubby backyard behind the office and there's actually a little a little fire pit back there, you know that uh, a little you know wrought iron cage that has some ash and charcoal and log in. So you could probably get something set in there and maybe toss the rats in a few at a time. Yep, I'll I'll get that started and uh, make sure the area is clear so I can kind of not keep it attended the whole time so I can kind of clean and shuffle back and forth. Uh, yeah, uh, Graham, one one question I got for you. There's it's mainly dark in here. Like, I kind of want to open the window a bit, kind of throw some of this stuff out, out the back. Does that hurt him? Like, I have no idea what the heck's going on with this guy other than <laughs> it's bad. I imagine a number of these uh, uh, renovations have been made to help accommodate his current condition. So I would not, uh, I wouldn't alter the room too terribly. Okay. Then I'll, I'll find a... Uh, and to be, to be clear... Uh, storyteller here like is it is it reasonable to uh examine those those mice or those rats and see that they are uh uh you know for the proper term exsanguinated yes yes they it is reasonable to examine them i mean tyler probably isn't carrying them armloads at a time but i'd imagine a uh not quite clutch to your chest you know clutch at a time and they they definitely seem to be deflated uh, to make things easier for uh, Tyler, uh, I will offer my uh, ballistic shield to be used as sort of like a tray 
to carry as many out as possible. I'll 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 like grab I'll be like I I think I'm good. I'll like grab a drawer from the desk or something like that or like there's probably you know something around I can I can fill up with with stuff and kind of move it back and forth. Sure. Well, I think the, I think it's the back and forth part that I yeah. I find like it's one thing to have a pile of rats. It's one thing to be ferrying a pile of rats back and forth over, you know, 20 minutes or however long it would take. <laughs> uh, I feel like the fewer trips, the better. Yeah. But even if he does grab something else, I would definitely like pile as many onto that shield as possible. I mean, it's, it's, we've, we've established this before. Like it's basically a full sized, uh, ballistic shield. So it's as tall as a person basically. Sure. So, uh, Graham and, Tyler are working on moving mound of rat to fire pit of rat and Slash is snoring fitfully in the corner. Uh, yes, you definitely see that the rats are exsanguinated or deflated. And it doesn't take too long for you to get through the pile and, uh, you know, neaten up the stack of books and data slates as you move. I think that, Graham, we can cut to the chase here and the your natural curiosity and actually Tyler, yours as well, leads you to you know, glance at a couple of the titles or maybe see what pages were opening. It's mostly, as you would assume, occult, vampiric, uh, looking at there's some like fiction in there that's mixed in that that you think he may have, you know, is considering as as gospel. Uh, for us, we know it to be fiction, but you, you know, you simply see a title of, of Dracula and, and of, um, you know, the monster and He's doing, <laughs> he's looking up his symptoms on WebMD, uh, functionally. <laughs> Essentially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's like, everything that's got a, a reference to this is, is something that could be could be true. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. tracking what's going on. And, here. and as an academic, you're actually quite impressed that he's put together, a, I mean, this pile is probably about knee high. So there's probably about 20 to 30 books and data slates there that he's put together stacked next to his mattress that... You know, it's it's impressive in in Rift's world. You know, considering that the coalition is like outright burning books and uh, destroying libraries. You know, you feel like this is this is actually a lot, and you're not quite sure how he would have come by such a wealth of knowledge, uh, especially at so young an age. You you'd estimate him to be mid twenties at the at the most. I think there's a very real possibility we we come back here for uh, research purposes. Uh, is something that I tell Tyler. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm planning on sitting down as soon as I'm done cleaning up. I'm just busying myself with making sure the place is as clean as possible. I'll find a broom, that type of stuff. But as soon as I'm done, I I'm gonna sit down and start reading. Right. So I think we can we can ease to a a close here with our heroes tidying up the the room of the associate here at Heckin and Associates, and. Uh, you know, you're going to sit down as soon as you get things to a, to a, with the two of you working, even though Slash is asleep with Graham and Tyler working away, it only takes you about half an hour to get the place presentable. And then you sweep things into the corners and, you know, dial things in a little bit, stack the papers neatly on the desk, et cetera, et cetera. It only takes about a half an hour. So an hour of man time, man hours. And uh, you can sit down and start looking through the, the documentation and the research there, but we're closing in on the last quarter of our, our two-hour sesh. So I think that's a good spot to sort of hit the pause button, take in a lot of the RP and the uh, story that we've sort of laid bare here as you came up to the Heckin and Associates office. And we'll take any closing thoughts, but then I think we can close out the evening here. 
Absolutely. Tyler's Tyler's geeked about this. Absolutely geeked. There's all sorts of stuff to find out and, and get into and there's there's now a a thing that needs to be defeated and he's he's tickled pink. Definitely plays into who he is. Slash, have you got any consideration for us? You were very quiet this session, uh, more so than usual. But what's your kind of takeaway here? What is Slash dreaming about or thinking over in his subconscious mind? Slash is definitely not a fan of vampires per se, but definitely gets him excited that he'll get to blast some. Definitely curious about what's going on in this town and the whole thing about Pride's game and the whole getting fed to vampires and vampires maybe controlling the town. He's very curious about that, but definitely wants to help out and fix the situation as best we can. Sure. As as an aside, something that I'd like you to think about, do you think that Slash may have encountered vampires in his deep past? I don't, not in his recent past, like probably not in the last 15 to 20 years, but do you think when he was younger, vampires were something that he maybe came across? You can answer or think about it either way definitely encountered him before maybe not close up and personal but definitely heard tales of him and definitely seen results of encounters with them okay okay cool all right and uh you know graham what's uh what are your sort of closing thoughts and takeaways here for graham it's it's a lot more difficult um and a lot less there's no there's no excitement uh, for Graham, I think this whole, I think this entire town has been like hugely depressing and disappointing for Graham of, you know, coming maybe up against the fact that one of the only good places in this world might have died with Tolkien, you know, like this was the next story of something that could be good. And it's just a flat out lie. Um, and you know this guy's own story, the associate story of of having a partner and a loss, and this is like it's it's very much the opposite from you know Tyler's excitement of oh something we can do. Um, I think it's it's just painful that there might not be other than the little things we do every day, there might not be much good left in the world. There's, uh, there's, I'll, I'll tell you as the GM, there's definitely good left on Rift's Earth, but as Tyler, or excuse me, as Graham, yeah, I could absolutely see how you're feeling that way, and that's, that's, that's impressive, and, you know, our bennies don't reset, so I'm just gonna drop another one in there for next session. Um, Graham is, like, very, very tightly holding on to, uh, what he was talking about with uh with the associate is that you know there's there are people that good out there as, as cyber knights and there are good good things and there's there's the potential for more goodness every day but it's the the world isn't going to provide it for you um, sure. so i think that that was a big reason why i think graham had to at least try uh that power because you know if he doesn't if he doesn't try to make things better who will Sure. That's that's very powerful. Very, very potent. So I think we've got some really great RP and story strings to pull on for next session. I think we've got some great uh, just straight plot points and, and plot hooks to pull on for next session. 
So with that, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs and our live listeners and podcast viewers after the fact, we do appreciate you all. We're going to go ahead and sign off here. I think there may be a little bit of a break in the next week or two. We'll we'll get back to if you check twitch.tv slash icy macaw, you'll be able to see his schedule or catch him streaming three or four nights a week, maybe more, depending what the weather holds. And you can always check us out at roleplayingrats, that's R-O-L-E playingrats.com or on Twitter at roleplayingrats is our handle. And until next time, we will we will catch you later. <laughs>